this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Ah, uh, what is up, everybody? It's time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. I'm your host. My name is, uh, my name is, my name is Slim Shady. <laughs> for those of you playing at home, I managed to shave my beard some. I trimmed it down. Uh, I am happy to announce that uh, a lot of the gray is gone or fading in. Weird. I'm like Wizard Whitebeard all of a sudden, but uh, not quite yet. Maybe within the next decade, uh, we we can go gray, but not not yet, good people. <laughs> Definitely digging it. I'm actually kind of I've started to wonder like what's going to happen when I because soccer is going to start soon, so I'm going to see all the, the the hurricanes and stuff, and I wonder if they'll just like walk right by me because that would be pretty fun. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? You want to have a show? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, um, so what's going on in the world? How's everybody doing? It is. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting time to be alive. As I keep saying, I uh, I had to go to the blood store this morning. Uh, blood take a, taketh away store. Uh, they actually. I, I'm hoping they were kidding, but they were they were concerned about the sheer volume of blood I was I had to give today for some blood tests. Seven vials. I I don't know what the normal is, but I know that that's a lot. And I'm not sure actually all the stuff they were looking for, but I knew we kind of threw a lot of spaghetti at the wall. And we're just trying to find out like what's going on. But I am monitoring a bunch of stuff. Uh, I know I was trying to check my thyroid, uh, trying to check all my man stuff. Um, Stress hormones, the huge. Everything that goes into making this the mess that it is every week for you. So, if you're interested. I also had to pick up a pee container, which is fun. If you've never had a pee container, so when you have kidney stones, when you're cool like me and you have kidney stones um, or develop kidney stones or produce, they, they call me a grower. A grower of kidney stones. Much like it's legal to grow weed in New York, it is also legal to grow uh, kidney stones in New York. So I am a grower of kidney stones. Uh, it is not one of those diet-related ones where they're like, just don't eat chocolate and don't eat spinach, don't eat oxalates, basically. It's not one of those, which was so disappointing. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, I like spinach, and I, like I like occasional chocolate. Like, I like the good chocolate. I don't like the shit chocolate. Um, I'm not chocolate shaming anybody. Like, you know, you do you, man. I'm not. I'm not here to take. I'm not here to step on you or your crackle bar. Like, I think crackles are. Fantastic. I'm more of a 77, 78 percent plus kind of guy because I don't have much of a sweet tooth. So the darker and bitterer, the better. And yes, that's what I just said. People listening right now are like, the bitter I can understand, the darker's a bit of a surprise. I didn't know, I didn't know that's what it's, 
that, yeah. So that would have been good. But apparently it's just a genetic thing. Uh, I will say my travels in um, in the kidney stone information sphere have been interesting because I had my first kidney stone years ago, uh, like maybe 10-something years ago. And it's not uncommon to have a kidney stone. Just not, It's just not. Lots of people have them. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of kidney stones are diet based, right? Like if you have like a trash bag diet, like you probably got a kidney stone or two. And it's it's um, if you don't know, and I know this is why you tune in to the Hard Rock Lunchbox every week. And also, if you want to submit this and get this medically checked, you can submit it like on YouTube. There's those guys that do reaction videos. So I'm just going to talk from personal experience, as always. Please consult your doctor or pharmacist before taking any advice from the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Also, don't ever take any advice from the Hard Rock Lunchbox. <laughs> Medical or otherwise. Please see your doctor in case of nausea, or diarrhea, or bleeding from the ears. Yeah, see, now I've covered my bases. We're all set. Um, but from, from my experiences, it's just not uncommon for people to have kidney stones, right, because of diet and other things and medications and stuff like that. It's just super common. So I didn't think anything of it. I went, and eventually it passed. Like, I didn't even need surgery or anything. Uh, the best part, actually, about, like, kidney stones is, <laughs> like, if you ask for, like, meds, like, pain meds to manage it, like, by the way, thanks all you opioid-addicted people for just ruining it for the rest of us when we're actually in pain. But when you are actually are having kidney stone pain, they don't recommend any of that stuff. They actually like, yeah, just take, like, you know, take some Motrin, take some Advil. So I'm like, okay, like, okay, is one bottle going to be enough? Like, is it, that stuff really hurts. I've told this story before. I think I, I think I told it on the box, but, oh, wait, I'm jumping. I'm, I'm time, I'm time traveling. Let's, we should stop doing that. By the way, why... Does anybody know why, uh, does anybody out in the audience, oh no, there it is. I was going to say, does anybody in the listening audience know why my laptop isn't working? And as soon as I said that, it just started working. <laughs> I know everyone's always like so super concerned about like our devices are listening to us and stuff like that, but like I got to tell you, I'm really starting to, you know, kind of be cool with it, like I think we're going to need a new dishwasher. And I just, like, said in presence of all my computer devices, and made, like, some announcement, like, I know President's Day is coming up. I think we might need a new dishwasher. And, like, by the time I checked my email, Costco was like, hey, <laughs> hey, I couldn't help but hear with my giant Chinese spy balloon that you might need a dishwasher. They're really cool now. They actually have, like, this third-tier rack. I had never seen that before. But that's, like, good for, like, like utensils, like tongs and stuff like that. Because tongs and, and ladles and that kind of stuff, like, really, really mess up my dishwasher. And I know that, like, that's probably a really common problem for nobody. But, you know, it's just a thing. Like, it's weird. Like, I just, you know. You don't go. I don't go. I don't spend a lot of my life like talking about or even discovering like the new advances in dishwasher technology. But like, there's somebody that literally does that every day, and there's probably people that are into it. Like, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people that follow like a lot of weird people on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. Like, there's probably somebody following a dishwasher. You know, this is the new technology in dishwashing right now, and they're missing the hard rock lunchbox. They're probably better. 
But anyway, let me just work all my way back. So yeah, um, kidney stones, yes. So years ago, and I was just like, I was in so much pain uh, from it. And I remember, and this is the story that I told, because this is probably one of my funniest DJ meets the internet moments, because it's like two in the morning, and I'm like in a complete soaked sweat. And I'm like, okay, I guess I guess this is it. So I like, <laughs> I don't, like it was. Well, I wasn't like writing letters to my kids just yet, but like I was definitely like keeping an eye on where the pen and paper was. But like it was so bad, and then it's like, like just violently throwing up, and then like everything else was like every every hole was an option, and not on the in way. Like I'm not. This is not that show, sir. Like this is a totally other show. Egg, exiting every orifice of my body, just totally like cleaning house, like all that. It was just gross. So like by the time like I came back to normal, I actually went on the computer. This is back when there was like a family room computer, like so in the 1920s. So back then and I just typed in um I typed in a bunch of my symptoms, like fever, nausea, uh just what you know, ab, uh, lower back pain. Just typed them all in and up comes the Mayo Clinic and it just pops up and it's like uh, kidney stones. Here are the seven signs you're having kidney stones. Dude, I checked every single one of those boxes. I had, I have not scored that high on a test since college. I was like, oh, that's what's happening. So they recommended like do some yoga positions. And I was like, oh, cool. I do yoga every day. No, I don't. So that was out. But I did try and like a little cat and cow or cat and camel, whatever they are. And heating pad and stuff like that. And a lot of uh, NSAIDs, which are... Motrin, Advil, whatever I was taking. So I took all that, like was up all night long, uh, and then went to get a, I went to the doctor because I didn't know what it was. Like, I wasn't sure, but they were like, you have, this is what you have to do. So I was like, I need you to make this stop, doctor. This is what, this is what we, we agreed to. And they sent me um, to get it sonogrammed, I think, CAT scanned. I don't even remember, but I remember just being in so much pain and nobody was interested in helping. And then eventually it just passed. It just, pain just stopped. Uh, and it turned out I had like a two or three millimeter kidney stone, and that's what happens. It hurts a lot, uh, and that's that's that. Now, fast forward ten to fifteen years later, completely forgotten about all this. Just having minor familiarity with this kidney stone pain because this, there really is nothing that feels like it. Like it's it's pretty specific. Like once you've had it, like you know how they say like you have to cook a, like a, like shrimp or steak a lot where you get a feel for when it's done. Like, you really only need to have the one kidney stone because nothing else really feels like that except maybe a stabbing. Like, a stabbing might feel like that because it's just super internal and you just can't get to it. Like, you can't you can't apply any pressure on it. It's not like you can just lean to the side and let your other kidney roll over and just kind of, like, massage it. Like, you basically have a jagged rock trying to come down, like, this not jagged hole. Can you see that? Everybody got this? All right, cool. This is not to scale, by the way. And uh, it hurts. Like, there's no, like, medically, like, you know, if your pain. I, I will tell you this. Like, the one thing about kidney stones I've learned in my lifetime, it has reframed what I consider a 10 in pain twice. That's how bad they are. So the first time I had it, oh, that was my new 10. Now, I've been in the hospital for, like, slices and stuff, like, you know, real deep gashes. And I've been in... I've been in pain before. Like, I, I I broke my hand, like, when I was a teenager. Like, 
like not you know like I like my my dad was once in an accident uh, like a car accident and he was just like they like put pins in his legs and stuff like that that seems like it was a lot of pain but they also were pretty free and liberal back then with the pain medication so I'm not sure where the 10 lies but I will tell you that first time it reset my 10 pretty goddamn hard and then like 10 15 years later I started having that pain again and I went to like another urologist like an actual urologist this time because it was so bad I got to my doctor she's like you got to go to a urologist they need to do all this so they did like cat scans and x-rays and, and sonograms and all that other stuff and uh, we were kind of monitoring it but it was definitely like hanging out by the by the hole uh, the hose from which it comes out uh, but it was a 10 millimeter um, kidney stone, which the human body cannot pass. It's not like just suck it up, buttercup. You physically cannot pass that. If you try, it will tear your ureter, and then they have to go in and repair it surgically. So, they have to go in and get it or blast it or whatever. Uh, and the I went... I was dealing with this and medication it was coming and going. I was hoping it was just not going to be a problem. They were giving me all kinds of medicine to try and... Uh, dissolve it a little bit or at least wear it away but they don't really have anything that does that because the kidney is like super sensitive so basically what they do is they give you stuff that makes you pee all day long and the plan is to basically all the urine and all the water that's coming through your kidney will eventually erode away this um, this crystallized you know uh, deposit and you're basically trying to get your body to do to this kidney stone what the Colorado River has done to the Grand Canyon. But the Colorado River has had tens of thousands of years. And as bad and old as I'm looking these days, it has not been tens of thousands of years. Even though it definitely might feel it. So that's, that's it. So the, while we were monitoring all that, it got so bad that I actually had to go back to like emergency uh, urologist. And I was actually, I remember, because I was totally bent over in half. And they were like, you need to sign in. I'm like, I cannot. I, I could barely drive myself here. And they gave me a shot that I, I it was such a weird shot because I was in so much pain that I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sit. And then this shot, like, it didn't even, like, slowly go away. Like, it just stopped. And what they said it was, it was like some sort of, you know, nerve agent. It stops the spasms of like the ureter and like probably everything else in my body at the same time but it just stopped it so basically my ureter didn't care anymore and it would just it, would, it was like a paralytic for that uh, and then the pain stopped but the doctor said like you know you'll probably probably be in the ER by the end of the night so by 10 o'clock that night I was in the ER uh, I was right down the road from Beery's I probably could have you know used a good concert or whatever and they um, emergency lithotrips Litha tripsed my kidney and pulled that shit out. And that was my new 10. <laughs> so now, as part of monitoring this long-ass story, is that every now and then you have to do what's called the 24-hour urine collection. The reason you do that is because they want to monitor not only your output to make sure you're urinating enough, which I assure you, sir, I am, but um, they also want to make sure that the chemicals that are that I have to take, unfortunately, that are probably ruining all of this, uh, are also doing their job and they're making their way down. Now, my now my urologist that I finally went back to, he was actually just saying, uh, we're probably going to have to double up on your potassium citrate. Now, potassium citrate, all is, as far as I can tell, all it does is make you pee 75 gallons of water every 32 minutes, and they want to double up on that. I know, I can't wait. Like, I don't even, I'm just going to start taking, like, you know, water and tea and just, like, just pouring it right in the toilet because... 
That's what's up. But I didn't come here to talk about any of that. <laughs> I do need to say like more. Thank you. I appreciate that. And as always, critique and criticism in the boxes, they go hand in hand. Like, why even have this show? <laughs> My only saving grace is that I can't make any typos while I'm actually speaking. Although, if anybody could... I actually did want to spend a good amount of time talking about what's going on in Jersey with um, uh, um, Adriana Cush because I am just completely blown away by that. But I don't think I'm going to get to do that now during the top 20 because I've talked way too much about myself in typical uh, DJ. Uh, the Adriana Cush thing is she, she was the girl that was bullied and then like they had video service of her getting like beaten up in school and it went viral on social media and then she took her own life 48 hours later and I am just shocked by the behavior of some of the people in this world like I just and I think I'm bothered more that I'm still shocked by it like I really just blown away I will tell you that I spent um, no not not a little amount of time over the past few days, like just wondering how I could form some sort of group or organization that could help people like that. People that are being bullied, you know, kind of like a la My Bodyguard movie, if you ever saw that movie. Uh, but something like that, because honestly, in my opinion, what needs to happen at that level of, like, I understand taunting and teasing, and that's a very difficult thing to deal with, but I do think it still could be dealt with. But I think what's a clearer thing is physical bullying and abuse and basically denial by the school board. By, I'm so glad that superintendent resigned because like, I am so ready to go like figure out where he lives and teach that dude a severe lesson. Um, but like the physical bullying and stuff that goes on in schools, like I feel like that's super easy to fix. You just need a organization that's willing to do it. And I don't want to be like all A-team about this, but like, you know, there really is nothing that will stop a, you know, four 15-year-old girls from physically beating a 14-year-old girl. There's nothing that's going to stop them faster than some 17-year-old girls beating the ever-loving shit out of them. And I am all for it. Like, I really am. Like, I understand that there's retribution, but if you make it very clear that that retribution goes both ways, so it's like, if you take the beating for beating up somebody else, and now you're going to punish this other person, you just need to know that that beating that you got is nothing compared to the one that's coming. And I don't know why we don't do that, honestly. I, I don't know why that is. These people are nothing but typical Jersey trash bags with Jersey trash bag parents. And it's not, I'm not saying anything about people from New Jersey. I'm referring to specific types of people that live in every state. These are just Jersey ones. Like, you don't make kids like that. Like, kids like that just don't, like, pop out. Like, you, you, you make kids like that. You don't make them by being, like, a normal good person. Very few people, very few good normal people have really shitbag kids. Right? Like, you can, like, you can absolutely have, like, you know, uh, psychological problems and stuff like that. Like, that happens. That's not here. This is, this is raising your daughters to be absolute trash bags. And I am all for the accountability of those parents because I know that at least three of these girls already have been charged with third degree felonies. And I'm hoping to God they spend some time in jail because nothing, 
nothing is going to be better than them getting their absolute asses kicked in juvie. Because I can't wait. Because you know how tough those mid-New Jersey white girls are, right? Yeah, the answer is zero tough. That's absolutely I am watching this story like a hawk because I want their lives ruined because they ruined this young girl's life. And I still think we should be able to put something together and make it work out so that we can just swoop in and help these people. Like a guardian angels of middle schoolers. Just I don't know how to do it. I, I don't know how to do it legally. I don't know how to do it like ethically and morally. But I just know it will work. And as always, send your ideas to Monty at CreatingStrange.net, and we'll just carry on from there. Unless it's a good idea, then you can send it straight to HardRockLunchbox at gmail.com. But, I don't know. It's a work in progress. I'm trying to think about it. Maybe we'll talk about it later on in the show. Uh, sorry about all that. I got. I did have some light housekeeping, uh, but you know, nothing super important. New episode of the Top 20. Uh, Bacon is my podcast. Uh, they're doing the... Um, Oh, they made their I, I don't know that I should spoil it because they made their announcement last night. It's a big announcement. Go check out uh, Discussions and Drinks. Uh, Bacon is my podcast. All that is on, on Stranger TV. I'm not sure what I can say because I think they want you to watch the episode. So I'm not going to say anything. So what do you think about that? And that's and that's kind of what we're going to do for now. I don't know. But right now, I'm just going to play some music. Oh, by the way, um, I'm playing this song because I would really like to have some of what this song is about. So if anybody knows shortcut to that like i could definitely use them so from me to you that'd be appreciated what you do you like that i don't i don't really know what i'm doing i'm just i'm just a radio show host barely hard rock lunch box so i don't know who was watching the super bowl over the weekend i know i did it's actually one of the things that i really do enjoy um i, I love sporting events like that like i just it's, it's about the time I have to put into them. And I didn't even get to watch the whole thing. Like, But I will say um, the general consensus is that despite being just a great game, like a, like a real nail-biter, like good game, good battle, uh, the, the, two, the, the three general consensi of the whole thing is that it was a bad way to end the Super Bowl. And I feel like my answer has been like everybody knows that. But like... I, I'm sure Pat Mahomes didn't want to do that. You know the dude that had to take the knee before going into the end zone didn't want to do that either. But you do want to win the Super Bowl, and you kind of got to use whatever you have available to you. So that's that's true. The other consensus was that the Rihanna show was just not very good. I mean, the, the setting, the, the, the staging of it was awesome because I love Mario Brothers too, and that's effectively what it looked like to me. <laughs> you know, all those different levels. But, like... It was also pretty kind of boring, but also an argument could be made for why does it have to be this big, like, kind of over-the-top sort of thing? And my only statement to that is that because that's what it's become. You know, you can't have, like, big superstar events and then not, right, and and have it be compared because that's what you're doing. You're not comparing it to just, like your average show you're comparing it to super bowl shows and unfortunately we in this country we want more and more and more all the time and it's got to be bigger and it's got to be better and i don't know when that stops or you know if it stops or if it should stop but i mean like you can't do something like you did last year we have dr dre come out with some of the biggest goddamn artists in, in hip-hop ever and like expect that that's not going to be considered to be way better 
and just Rihanna just singing like a couple of songs. Songs I didn't even know, by the way. So I don't even know like how you know that that you know, relates to everybody else. In the, in the, I don't know. I really don't know. I just I was not. I was well underwhelmed by the performance and you know the music and stuff like that. A lot of people disagree with me. That's fine. They can talk about it on their own shows, or you can complain in the chat here. But the other and the last, probably the biggest consensus of the whole thing is that Chris Stapleton's national anthem was absolutely on point and probably the best part of the entire evening. It was so much so, and I kept hearing it so much so, that since I missed the beginning of the game because I was cooking, I still, I had to go back after the fact and watch it on uh, watch it on YouTube. And I got to tell you, man, I think all that hype, dead on. I think he did an amazing job. I mean, I did hear some stuff like, oh, so amazing vocally and stuff like that. The National Anthem is a very hard song to sing, but if you place things right, it becomes very easy. Or maybe not easy, but easier. And I know that because we, Rebel 9, back in the day, used to cover Rolling in the Deep from Adele. And what I had to do in order to sing that multi-octave song with my less-than-multi-octave range was find exactly the thread and thread to thread the needle of exactly what key I could play that song in. And went from the very bottom of my range to the very top of my range, which is exactly what Chris Stapleton did. And I'm not taking anything away from him other than the fact that that does not make him incredibly talented. It makes him a good musician and a smart musician. And that's what really every musician should do when they're faced with a song like that. What makes him scary good and scary talented is the fact that he sang it with feeling that made people feel a multi-hundred-year-old song, and that part, to me, is way more impressive. So, yeah, this is Chris Stapleton. So, this week, uh, something interesting happened to me, and I I don't know if this happens to other people. I, I, I don't even know why this happened to me, to be perfectly honest with you, but I found a Stone Temple Pilot record? Stone Temple Pilot's record? EP, maybe? Um... With Chester from Lincoln Park. And I'm somewhat embarrassed to admit that I did not know this existed. I know Chester was touring with them. uh, And I'm guessing I was just really deep in whatever I was doing uh, at the time. Because it could have been around the time I was having nervous breakdowns, raising kids, that kind of stuff. So maybe it slid up uh, from beneath my radar. I don't really know. But I found it, and it was weird because on Spotify, it didn't even... It's not listed under Stone Temple Pilots. It's listed under Stone Temple, Stone Temple Pilots with Chester Bennington. And so it's like, it's not even... Like, I couldn't even find it the normal way, which is weird. Cause, but it also explains why I haven't heard it since. Because, like, I've done a lot of Stone Temple Pilots listening because they're one of my favorite bands of all time. Old and new. Like I've been playing a lot of their newer stuff. I think it's just great. I think Meadow is, like, one of the better stp songs and wyland wasn't even alive for it so like but i i just didn't know this i didn't know this existed and i didn't know that and in case any of you didn't know that well you won't be able to say that tomorrow and i picked the lead song off of which i just think was freaking awesome and i'm happy to now include that in my musical soundtrack hopefully you are too it's stone temple pilots with my man chester out of time on the box hard rock lunch box 
So I want to make it quite clear that not all the songs I play on the Hard Rock Lunchbox are my bright ideas. Sometimes they're the bright idea of people that send in requests. And while I don't grant every single request, I cannot think of the last request I didn't. And I'm not going to start now. So this is for all my people, all my dope people, anybody that might be slightly elevated this afternoon. This one's for you on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I am absolutely a sucker for Candlebox, new and old. It just is the way that we're going to do things around here. That's, that's too bad. Let's step up the pace a little bit, shall we? Yes, we shall. Shall we? Yes, we shall. Hard Rock Lunch Box. laugh <laughs> yeah that's a formula oh well <laughs> so I have a request in today for some Revel 9 but the host gets to choose what Revel 9 to play so I've been actually uh, trolling through the archives lately um, for no other reason than I just I haven't heard a lot of these songs in a long time. I actually found some songs. <laughs> I found some songs that I had written. I just never did anything with. And I probably ought to ought to look into the <laughs> into doing something with some of those. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so one of the I don't even know like where to actually start with this. So I have been saying for ten years. Let's just say 10. Um, that every band, every artist, every songwriter needs to work with a producer in some sort of capacity. Some sort of capacity. Or at least a partner. Or somebody that's not emotionally attached to the material. Right? Because, <clears throat> like, I don't, I don't even know how to really describe this. Like, if you're... Like, okay, and, uh, and I'm only using this uh, just because it was just on. But, like, the whole Debbie Downer song, like, doesn't sound like it's a real emotional <laughs> tie-in. Like, you know, I, it might come from a place that's sort of like that, but it's an upbeat song, and it's a happy song. And, um, you know, I mean, the content may not be, but it's not necessarily a very... Uh, and I don't know her, so maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just making an assumption. I'm judging a book by its cover, which is fine, because I'm allowed to do that. I'm a professional radio host. I'm allowed to do that. Um, but a lot of times, when you are emotionally attached to a song, like it has to act and behave and sound a certain way because that's the emotion that you're trying to convey, right? Like that—that that makes sense. In fact, even on, even in this new batch of recordings that we're doing, one of the songs that we're we've recorded for the new set is uh, a song called Aaliyah, and Aaliyah. Um, you know, I mean, in in, in light of current events uh, in Jersey, definitely is appropriate and current and uh, all those other things. But for me as a songwriter, the song has a, it has an urgency to it as from my point of view, from, from my perspective, from my writing perspective, it has an urgency to it. And so it's at a certain speed that creates and, and carries that urgency. And 
I think, I'm not sure, I think the only change we actually made to that song, and I don't know, if my band was here, they could correct me, but I think the only change that was made in production of that song was to slow it down, which is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, as anybody that's ever driven 85 miles an hour or higher <laughs> in traffic knows, that sense of urgency and that speed is important. If you start slowing it down, now you're driving at 60, 55, maybe 51. Maybe you're that person driving really slow in the left lane because you're allowed to and people can just go around. Like, as much as I want those people to just fuck off and die, like, yeah, they're not going to. Not yet. Not yet. But, um, so it's really important to have that sort of, like, as a listener, what does it sound like? Because I will tell you. But as a songwriter, it becomes very, very hard to hear things as a listener. And it's been this quest and journey that I've been on for 10 years, at least, trying to hear things less about how I want to write them and more about how people want to hear them. It's super, it's super important. I, I consider it the single most important turning, turning point for Rebel 9. Uh, in terms of the songs that the band produces and the song that I write. And I could not have done that, and I would not have done that with Aaliyah if I didn't have a producer that said, hey, you should slow this down. And to be perfectly honest, we barely slowed it down. But it was enough to bother me, but it was also enough to make the song better because it, it took away the urgency for sure, but it created a groove, which for the listener, it's probably a little bit more important. I don't know. I'll know later this year when that music comes out, and you can tell me, like, well, the song should have been faster or not. Um, so I fully believe it, and I will tell anybody at any point, and you can ask any songwriter that's ever asked me any advice whatsoever, and it has always been to work with an outside producer. I can't, I could not recommend it more. Um, I, I really, I think everybody can benefit from it. Uh, it's not always a good idea to even work with other songwriters because they aren't necessarily capable of just fixing what you have and without inserting themselves into it. I know I'm guilty of that. I, I, I kind of try and play producer as much as possible, but I'm definitely primarily a songwriter still. And until that ends, I think that's, that's going to be a problem. But that being said, that is, that is true. That is what I believe at my core. That is what I will tell people for the rest of it. All that being said, there are times when, after listening to my producer, I have not been happy with the final product. And it's, it's not super uncommon for people to have, like, differentiations on what they think of it at first and what they think of it after. Uh, for example, the initial version of... Um, even the initial version of, like, uh, Keep You Near was a little bit different. Uh, the chord progressions were different. And Eddie, my producer at the time, had me change the chord progressions in such an obviously better way that I just didn't hear it at the time. So, like, when I listen back to the old one, it's like, oh, yeah, I could see why I would do that. But, like, I can acknowledge how much better it is now. Uh, and, a lot, and that's happened a lot of times. Uh, Senseless Tragedy is another one. I happen to love the original version of Senseless Tragedy. I, I really do. But I can acknowledge how much better the produced version is. Um, you know, and that 
but it goes both ways. There, there have definitely been some times where the production of a song, in my opinion, has kind of ruined it. Uh, Say is a good example. I do not like how Say was produced. And there's a lot of extra baggage that comes with that song. So I'll leave it out of this discussion for that, for that reason. But as I was trolling through the archives, I found the original demo of the song Awake from the Reality Crush. Now, the history of Awake and the basis of Awake is I had the music. I, I had written the music uh, while we were touring and playing all of our shows on the Razorblade Diaries the, the two years following that. And the whole, the whole thing of Awake is I wrote the lyrics on the Pennsylvania Turnpike coming home from a series of shows uh, at the Millennium Music Conference outside Harrisburg. And we were driving, I guess... I guess we were there for the weekend, and I feel like this was after two or three shows. We decided to not stay the Sunday, and we were just driving home. And I wasn't driving, so I'm, I'm guessing Mike was driving. Because um, I remember being in the passenger seat, and I was just writing the song, pencil and paper. And that's why the chorus was, you know, um, thousand miles till I, you know until I'm fast asleep. You know, chance to dream, like the whole Shakespeare thing. Uh, sleep for chance to dream. That's where I lifted that from. But the whole thousand miles until I'm fast asleep is because we were on the road. Like, we were... It doesn't sound like a lot when you put it, like, when you just say it out loud. But, like, we were doing a hundred shows a year those couple years, which is a lot, like, for a band that's not even doing it full time. So we were just, like, we were tired. I was exhausted. Um, you know, it wouldn't be too much longer after that that I was just in a really bad way, um, you know, kind of uh, spiritually and physically. Like, I really just I blew myself out. Uh, it would be a couple months, and I would have that walking pneumonia that I had been playing shows for and, like, ended up getting x-rays for. And my doctor was like, what are you even doing? Like, <laughs> like how are you still walking? I was like, I don't know. I got shows. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I see videos of those shows actually from that time and you just see like how pathetically exhausted like the band is but like me specifically like it just it looks bad you ever look at anybody and be like this dude is sick <laughs> like that's what it looks like when I look at them um, and there was a whole lot of that but so I had written this song specifically about that so it had this it was more like a desperation to it and in that desperation, for me, always comes like this sense of urgency. So I tend to speed up the tempos. I tend to, to make them a little faster, make them a little more aggressive so they don't let up because that's what the song is about. This is not letting up. What I'm experiencing right now is not letting up. And that's why I'm writing this song. Uh, and then when we got to production, we made a lot of changes. A lot of changes that I didn't like. But... I believe in the process, and I believe in my producer, and people still like that song. It is not the most popular song on that record by a lot. I think Quiet Mind and what it is dominated that record, and that's fine because they were, it's fine. Whatever whatever ones do is it's just fine with me. Uh, a lot of people like, like Waylo and, you know, Sense of Tragedy, and of course, The Good Fight, probably to date the most requested song we've ever had in the in the set so like that record had a lot on it so at that point i was willing to trust anything but listening back to it now and when we play it now 
I am always reminded of how much it misses the mark on what I was trying to say. And it might be a better song for the listener, but for this particular writer, it's just never going to quite be the same. And that's unfortunate because it taints the way I see that song. And I'll play it as the song it is. It just feels like a shell of something that I was trying to say otherwise. So I don't know how many people that sentiment actually resonates with. And I don't know how many people that actually matters to. But I figured it was an important setup because I'm going to play you the original demo of Awake and how it sounded in my head by the time I got it onto tape and recorded. And if I recall correctly, this was all done here, right in this studio. So it's basically me playing every instrument, so forgive some of it. Uh, also, I think it's probably one of my earlier passes on the vocals. So let's be kind, shall we? We're talking 12 years ago now. <laughs> but yeah, here's some Rebel 9 for you. Super, super rare. Out of box. Check it out on the YouTube page for uh, Rebel 9, which is at Rebel 9 
band uh, on YouTube. You can actually see a video of that song uh, just right after I wrote it. It's from Crash Mansion. It's got to be like 2012, 2013, latest. No, 2012. So 2011 or 2012, Crash Mansion in New York City. You'll actually see me perform it with a legit 101 fever. It's a hell of a good time. Hard Rock Lunch Box. All right, I've got a brand new box band for you. I had never heard of them until this past week. The band is called Ripe. They are all over the place musically and definitely a lot out there to dig, but this by far was my favorite. It's settling the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Now, I don't think I'm the only person that does this. In fact, I'm pretty sure other people do this. At least I'm hoping other people do this. So whenever I hear a song, especially a new song, like I did when I was listening to the band Right for the first time and I heard the song Settling, I immediately, my brain immediately was like, oh, this sounds like something. And then I had to actually devote mental resources, of which I am not exactly flush with lately, to trying to figure out what song it kind of reminded me of. It was like a vibe thing. I couldn't quite place but in this particular case i was able to get it pretty quick and now you will pay the price for that because it sounded to me very much like every day from dave matthews band which one of my favorite dave matthews band songs also if you have not seen the video ever or even in a little while i highly recommend watching it 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 literally made me feel better just for having experienced it i feel like we could all use that every day Still got it. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Very hard to go wrong with Deftones, am I right? Of course I'm right. Of course I am. So I know a couple of weeks ago I was playing some Brian Adams, and I was playing it from this um, this record. Uh, damn, for the life of me, I can't remember. But it's like, uh, just like bare bones, I think is the, might even be the name of the record. It's from a concert, I think, in Australia, and it's basically just him, right? <laughs> like him, maybe a couple other band members, but it's just basically just him singing to an audience. Like, I have got to tell you, like, I miss, like, I don't miss how often, uh, you know, the, the unplugs were because they were hard to, to kind of schedule in and all that other stuff, but I really... I really miss performing in that setting, like a small room, kind of an intimate setting, explaining a song, having people sing it with you. Like I'm trying, I've reached out to a couple places to try and start that up again. Uh, and I just, you know, I don't need to do it like on a regular basis, but like I want to do them sometimes. And I think other artists like to do them sometimes. But the reason I played it is because I just like sort of the intimacy of it and the stripped down nature of it. But I listened to a little bit more of it. And I have to tell you, there is something so amazing about this particular performance, and the whole record is good if you're a Brian Adams fan, but this particular performance of a song called Straight From The Heart that is just so wonderful as an as an artist and a performer. Like, I love, like, when I have been in situations where I'm singing a song and people are singing it back to me, like my song. Like, I've done covers where people are singing and stuff like that, and that's, that's fine. That's exciting, too, and I understand why cover bands, like think they're who they are because of that kind of stuff it's still not your song but until somebody's singing your song back to you like it really <laughs> there's really nothing quite like it and i just heard this and i was like i i want this i want more of it and if i'm setting intentions like before i i tap out of the music business which you know it's probably going to be on the horizon sooner or later like i would really like to be in this situation again for realies for realsies Brian Adams. A little stripped down. Hard 
Lunch Box. Little white stripes there. So I've got some incoming news here. I mean, it's not breaking news, so I don't need this. Although I guess by definition it's kind of incoming. But I am going to give the newspaper ticker. There we go. Uh, do you remember, like... No, probably not. Let's just stop right there. <laughs> uh, there was this push after the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade to basically just uh, blow up the, the whole idea of precedent to start decisis because the Republicans are trying to push through their own moral agenda through the Supreme Court. There was this push to start capturing information about young women and their menstrual cycles for school. Uh, they wanted to just track their menstrual cycles for school sports and then into college. And there was no real reason to do that, considering they've never needed a reason to do that before until it was kind of sussed out that they were basically just looking for women that were skipping their menstrual cycle because they were pregnant in case they left the state to go get an abortion, something that is should be their legal right to do and is their legal right to do in several, several other states. So... What has just happened in Virginia, which I know you don't think of as terribly oppressive, but you'd be mistaken, is that the entire Democratic, uh, the, 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 all the Democrats in the state assembly, of which it's the majority, Virginia, the majority of people in Virginia are Democratic, but they did elect a, a, a Republican governor. Why, I, I don't know, but they did. So the, the state assembly is mainly Democratic, so every Democrat... And half of the Republicans in the state assembly voted on a bill that was going to prevent police officers from uh, from subpoenaing subpoenaing that information from you know apps or like trackers because a lot of women use uh, like a period tracker like an app or whatever like I I'm not getting my period anymore because I'm too old I'm also way too male so I'm not getting so I don't use those apps but I know that that happens. So it's effectively like if you're, you know, your vitamins, your supplements, your workouts, whatever, you can also track your, track your mental cycle. So what they did is they, they put forth the bill and they voted on this bill. Um, they voted on this bill to prevent police from subpoena, from issuing subpoenas for that information because there's no reason to really ever need that information unless you're actually hunting for young women that have gotten abortions or had miscarriages, none of which is anybody's business, especially the police. But their Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin, basically just killed that bill. He blocked it. He blocked it. He's been pushing for a 15-week abortion ban anyway, and now he blocked the very basic privacies of Virginia women. And I thought you all should know that because anybody that voted for them, for this person, is an idiot, and this is what you're getting. And this is truly what you get when you vote for Republican governors. They do lots of other stuff, some good, some bad, just like Democratic governors, some good, some good, some bad. I could do a whole show on how much I'm just completely over Kathy Hochul, but the one thing you can always count on a Republican governor to do is to not protect your rights if you're a minority, especially if you're a woman. And that's really all I have to say on that breaking news. So, yeah, man, um, I tried to find this song. I was doing like a little bit of a deep dive into some of the Ozzy stuff when Ozzy said, said he was retiring. And I was like listening to a little bit of Jake E. Lee. And I remembered that Jake E. Lee was in a band called Badlands. And I went to search it on Spotify. And there's only like one Badlands record on there and not the one I was looking for. So I had to go all the way to YouTube to get 
this song called Winter's Call, which I thought was easily the best Badlands song, and just a really, really good song in general. I'll warn you now, it's absolutely dated because of when it was done, but it was super awesome then. Hopefully it tracked well from my YouTube recording. If not, I'll just figure out something else. But man, it was such a good song then. I thought you might maybe like to hear it. On the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, that sound means only one thing. It's time once again for your weekly craving of the week. This week we return to their latest single that, as far as I can tell, is just flying up the charts. I assume that's true. I'm just going to say it until it is true because that's how we do things around here. <laughs> but yeah, man, mean what you effing say is what it should have been called, but it's not. It's just me what you say. On the box. Waiting in line for the right time It never seems to come Watching the lights, looking for landslides Buried under waiting for some Someone to break these walls, negate these falls Can you just save my life? Give it a try and me what you say Waiting for signs is a lifetime of getting up the courage to jump. Closing your eyes, dropping a lifeline. I hope someone is pulling me up. Someone who breaks these falls and makes me strong. Will you just save my life and bury the lies? And me what you say. Pieces don't align But the part of me 
Oh, man, can you believe we're at the end of another Hard Rock Lunchbox? It's always a no! <laughs> yeah, my bad. I totally forgot about that. I didn't think I was going to forget about it. I thought I was going to play it forever. But, Jimmy, did I play it forever? It's always a no! Yeah, I definitely got to be bringing that back. But it is time for the end of the show. Wasn't sure what I was going to play till just now as I was scrolling up. I was like, you know what these people need? These people need some classic, classic music, right? It's always yeah. a no! Yeah, I didn't think so either. But that's what they're going to get. And then we can all come back next week around noon, I'm thinking, on Thursday. And we can complain about what an absolutely horrible job it's I did. It's always a no! <laughs> Thank you, as always, for listening and spending a little bit of your afternoon with me. I totally appreciate that. And all of us here at the Hard Rock Lunchbox, thanks for being part of the community because that's what it is. Now, let's get get you all to dance yourselves on out best as you can. Have a great week. Enjoy the weather. It's June outside, apparently. So, uh, yeah, take care of yourselves and blah, blah, blah. Don't get blood, urinalysis, all that other good stuff that we talked about. We'll do it again next week on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch box.